Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Feel free to connect with us on social media. We are at Longhorn Pod on Twitter. We are the Longhorn Republic on Facebook, where we do our post-game live streams. You can check us out there. You can also shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. This is the last reminder I can possibly give you about the Texas X's golf tournament. We've partnered with them for three years now, and they're doing really cool things to hopefully help some people get to the University of Texas and enjoy the experience that so many of us got to have in Austin wearing burnt orange. It's this Saturday, September 26th. They're starting an hour earlier at 8 a.m. with a shotgun-style start to get you out before the Texas Tech game starts. It's at Wildcat Golf Course there in Houston. You can find more uh, tournament sponsorship information at texasx's.com. Breakfast, lunch, and on-court snacks, as well as plenty of uh, drinks you won't share with the kids are part of your registration. Uh, Marquee raffle items on tap. You actually don't have to be at the tournament to win the raffle items. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But a golf package to the 2020 Houston Open, as well as another raffle item. You could potentially win two tickets to the 2021 Texas Exit Scholarship Dinner with the man himself, Earl Campbell. Uh, Players will receive a gift bag and some swag as well. And you could actually purchase raffle tickets online at TexasX's.com. You don't even need to attend to do so. Just hop online, check it out, see if you can join our friends there. Well, my name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who has his own private flight to Lubbock, Texas. Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I'm sure Lubbock has a, a private airport. Um... You know, it, it's it's there's oil out there. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to say, I don't know that, that Lubbock, um, I'm not going to say international, um, Lubbock Regional Airport um, has a, a private <laughs> hangar. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if Sam can do it, I can do it. You know, it's uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be out there because it's a terrible drive. Gerald. Have you ever made the drive out to Lubbock? It is. It's awful. So I, I've done the drive once, and I say I really only made the drive a half time. I went out there to cover, actually, the worst Texas-Texas Tech game yeah. ever, the Crabtree game. Uh, and then my good friend Aaron Aiken, who I was covering the game with, actually let me sleep on the drive back for most <laughs> of it because I had to work the next day. So uh, he is a mensch and will forever have a big chunk of my heart for letting me sleep through most of that drive. Yeah, that's it. It, it, it makes the uh, the cost of a private jet seem seem quite feasible. It's just like desert and tumbleweeds and nothing to look at. It makes the the Houston to um, Dallas stretch of of I forty five seem overly populated. There's just nothing out there uh, once you get about halfway. I've obviously made the drive from from Austin, but I've also made it from San Antonio, and it's just there's 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 no nothing nothing good. You don't want to do that. So yeah, private jet's the way to go. All of this is brought to you by. Tom Herman joking that he will put Sam Ellinger on a separate plane to make sure he does not have to sit out due to contact tracing. But we're here to preview Texas Tech. Finally, in some conference games, Kyle, we we had a long offseason. Texas uh, got an extra week at the front end of the season. They got a bye week between the opener and the start of conference play. Finally, we're going to get some conference football. Texas Tech 1-0 on the season after a narrow escape 
35 to 33 win over Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist actually had a chance to tie the game at 35 with 3:23 left on the clock, but were unable to convert on the two-point conversion. This is how poorly Texas Tech was playing. They kicked the ball away and trusted their defense to come up with three stops with three timeouts. They Tech managed to convert on a third and four to basically end the game. But HBU had a little bit of a good game plan and managed to keep Texas Tech in uh, in a bit of a, a bad spot for most of that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it was crazy. I, I mean, I, I did not expect anything of the sort, right? I, I have some friends who've gone to Houston Baptist, and, I, and I'm familiar enough with it. Um, they actually, you know, me living in Houston, um, have said, come out for a game. It's a nice little stadium. We're not very good, but, you know, and, that, and that's been the conversation. This is a program that started in the FCS in 2014. They've only been around for like five years. They basically have about a, a FCS winning record of less than 25%. You know, they have multiple seasons where they've won one game. Uh, they have won less than two, less than three games in more than half of their seasons that they have been an FCS team that they've played football, right? Like let that sink in In more than half of their seasons they've lost. Uh, they've won less than three games, right? They're, they're the watermark year, obviously um, they got all the way up to five and seven, but um so it wasn't a good FCS team. I, I'm going to say it that way. But it was a good performance. And I think you can maybe learn some things about weaknesses that Tech might have. And, and we might talk about how there might be uh, quite a few of those. But um, I think ultimately, like Her- Herman said, you know, it's it's hard to get a bead on what they're going to do defensively um, because HBU just said, okay, we're going to air raid with you. We're going to spread it out. We're going to bomb it out. We're going to throw the ball um, really well. I mean, the thing that I think is craziest about all of this, I don't know uh, if everyone is aware, is UT has the perfect scouting report for Tech because um, one of their leading tacklers is Joseph Osai's brother, had six tackles, and uh, and I think he had, maybe had a sack, um, but, you know, was there. And then they're two of their greatest offensive weapons against that Texas Tech secondary were Caden Stern's brothers, two guys who accounted for uh, 17 catches, 340 just about yards, and three touchdowns. Like, that's ridiculous video game numbers. And that's the FCS team that did that to the Big 12 team. Um, So, all right, so what does all that mean? Um, I think it means that Texas should be able to put up big numbers right like we'll see because that tech offense is very good we'll see texas defense tested for the first time um i still think the texas offense is definitely better than the tech offense but it could very well be a shootout texas defense is going to be forced to make some stops you never want to overlook the folks from lubbock just because they 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 love nothing more than to beat texas like most teams in the conference they love nothing more than to beat texas but i mean they, they were able to put up some yardage alan bowman had a decent game finally healthy i feel bad for the kid um that he's he's had two seasons that were just kind of out of his control with uh with injuries but but they're gonna put up they're gonna put up yards they're gonna put up numbers i don't think this game is gonna devolve into a shootout but if it does devolve into a shootout i'm gonna take ellinger over bowman that's just where sure. i'm sitting at right now um especially given the fact that hbu passed for 18 and a half yards per completion mm-hmm. like that's a huge number like absolutely huge and they don't have the talent like the Stearns brothers are great but they don't have the talent that Texas has just by right. virtue of, well, it's HBU versus Texas. 
There's a reason why they're at an FCS school and not at Texas. And so, again, HBU fed the pass, fed the pass, fed the pass, fed the pass. And I really think that Texas won't do that, but I think they, if they did, you'd see a similar result. If you didn't watch any of that game or you haven't even seen just the highlights, like if you watch HBU's offense and, and you didn't recognize the color schemes, you could very well look at the way that their offense played against Tech's defense and say, oh, you told me this isn't a, you know, a, a Division One, an FBS team versus an FCS team. The, uh, you know, the, the team with the TT on their helmet, That's that must be – something technical college that's a that's an fcs team no tech's defense absolutely look like an fcs defense against the houston baptist you know uh, offense like i mean if 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 a if a guy named uh bailey zap who i have literally never heard of and and no offense to him i mean what a what a game but if bailey zap can get 567 yards. That's 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 almost three quarters worth of Sam Ellinger offense against that Tech uh, defense. You know who who uh, who's to say what what Sam can do? But um, no, I, here here's what I will say. They threw the ball, and like you said, Texas will not just throw the ball. Tech threw the ball a lot, right? They threw it 52 times, but they also rushed the ball 43 times. They just had the ball a lot more, right? Um, and so they were a little bit more balanced versus 51 passes to 24 for Houston Baptist, and they really found no no joy with their running game. I think they had 28 yards on those 24 carries. Tech at least um, got almost 200 on their 43. So, um, you know, I think Tech may try – to, to, to balance it out a little bit but again if if they get behind they're going to do what they what they do and they're going to air it out and they're going to try to stay in the game but again i think this should be comfortable and we'll get to predictions later on but sure don't i mean texas opened as a 16 and a half point favorite i think it's up to 19 which would be i think the largest spread under tom herman at texas at least for a conference game obviously like non-conference there's massive spreads but i think i think 19 if it stays that way would be one of the bigger spreads uh, in the herman mm-hmm. era and so i mean vegas usually knows what's going on mm-hmm. vegas had 40 44 points for utep and that wasn't enough yeah. so for for my understanding again i think tech is going to be up for this game in a way that they always are for texas and yeah. they're going to come and give them their best best punch if anything of two weeks ago is to be believed then this texas team can withstand that initial punch and punch back and that's i think been a lot of the problem under tom herman is that are they able to punch back after that initial big punch and i think this is a team that first offensive play of the season went yard yeah and so I, i this is a team that has punching power. And that's always been the issue with Texas playing Texas tech is that Texas tech seems to just always have something left in the tank as far as offense goes. And I think for, for the first time in a long time, I don't doubt that Texas has that in the tank. No, that's a really good point. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where Texas has to punch back too much. Like they get down 14 zero. That would be a shocking start. But my, my brother was a high school football coach. And one of the things he used to always tell me when he was coaching was that there would be certain teams that, if you let them get up two scores on you, like they couldn't, they, they were a better team than his team, right? They, they would beat you. But if you got them down two scores, 
you could beat them by 12 scores, right? Like they just, there's a mentality there. And that's, that's, you know, coaches have to put that in. And we don't know what Texas mentality is this year. We know what the culture, you know, has been in the past. Um, but we haven't seen a second of them really struggling or worrying or, or any, any type of behind. So again, say tech gets the ball first and that explosive Bowman just lays a pretty ball. Cause he throws a good ball out there and they get down and then something crazy happens. They fumble a snap, you know, and then all of a sudden Tech has the ball up seven, looking to go up two scores. I'm not saying that can't happen. I I, I have my doubts, but um, yeah, this this will be at least a chance again against a good quarterback, some good receivers um, for for Texas defense to to, to register what type of unit they're going to be. Um, the interesting thing is, I think at this point, all indications are still pointing to Sir Roderick of House Thomas. Um, playing at running back and he is by far their best running back like they gap between one and two he he doubled up everyone's yards with 750 as a redshirt freshman last year he's their main rushing attack so uh, just how balanced they will be if for whatever reason he has to sit out anything i haven't heard that but you know when, then um they'll be even more of an alan bowman show but I, again i I think that the Texas defense and what they showed against the run last week, the run game's probably not going to be a huge factor of it. It's going to live and die with what Bowman can do. And, I mean, Sir Roderick Thomas, uh, he is a bit of a street racer, though. The guy can, can go a quarter mile at a time. Uh, sorry, he was arrested for uh, street racing charges. It's, it is what it is. I had to make it. Uh, so, um, but I think the Texas, I think, again, in the trenches, I think Texas has the advantage, and I think uh, the linebackers now could be an issue with that if they if they do break to the second level. What does that look like from from the Texas defense? Mm-hmm. But Texas kept it really vanilla on both sides of the ball against UTEP because they could. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to see what it looks like with a linebacker blitzing. What it looks like with a with a twist on. What it looks like with a with a gap slant. What it looks like with a guy who's doing things intentionally to create havoc in the backfield. Cuz if you can rattle Allen Bowman, then tech falls apart. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Allen Bowman's a guy who's bounced back from incredible adversity, but he's a guy with, with an injury history. He's been injured both of these last two seasons. So if Texas can can put a hit on him and get him get him wobbly early, I think the wheels could come off for Tech. Yeah. Now, again, that's not to say that it will. That's not to say that I think that's what's going to happen, but it's a possibility. And if 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 Tech doesn't have the offense, their defense is probably not going to get it done. Well, and that that's what I say. Is there anything about the Tech's de- Tech defense that, that makes you think that you should be scared? I know that they had some you know pressures they had three sacks against hbu they got in the backfield for you know six tackles for loss like that that's something but again you're playing an fcs team where you just are bigger stronger faster you have you have more talent more muscle you should be doing that i i don't i didn't feel like there was anything that said hey you know tech said some worries with the right side of that line so now i'm really worried that tech's gonna exploit that now now do i want to see Texas remedy where we we called it pimples on the prom queen but you know the from a, a really incredible opener things that we thought could be even better would I like to see them come out and and focus on that and really push that get some push in, in the run game you know that right side of the offensive line um come out and kick some butt and dominate a little bit against the tech line sure absolutely um but you know there wasn't anything to me and, and I don't know if I'm overlooking anything but in that tech defense that that made me think you know they should they could even offer, you know, uh, something dangerous to the Texas offense. I think the only thing that I that concerns me, I, I, I would be okay with arguing that 
Uh, Krishan Merriweather and Rico Jeffers are probably one of the best linebacker pairs in the conference. Uh, they're just two really, really top-tier athletes, and I think both those guys could potentially see the NFL in their future. And that's that's the thing. Again, <clears throat> if, if you can get Texas off schedule, and like any offense, you get them off schedule, you're able to key in on what they're trying to do. And so creating a one-dimensional Texas offense – is not going to be a good thing. Now, I think Ellinger is good enough to avoid that, and I think Yursich is a good enough game scripter where I think they're going to stay on course until they probably have a couple of score lead. Like, let's just be honest. I think Texas mm. will come out and be able to score pretty quickly on the Tech defense and, and probably not get off script for a couple of series. And so I, I'm interested to see um, that matchup. I think the linebackers are the one thing to give me a little bit of heartburn. That's fair. Uh, because Merriweather and Jeffers are really, really good linebackers. You're, you're absolutely not wrong about that. The thing that I, I always, you know, it, having good Big 12 linebackers is great, but um, against, you know, Texas receivers who are still trying to, like, kind of prove themselves, right? In a way, it's we didn't learn anything from week one of what a depth chart. That's why Herman used the phrase it's irrelevant. Um, there's, like, legitimately eight-plus guys who think that they want to be getting meaningful playing time, be number one or, or the first guy off the bench. And so, you know, and some speed, right? And so I, I do worry, uh, if I'm a Tech fan, I guess, um, about Merriweather or Jeffers who are, you know, really good linebackers for sure. But if you're matched up against Jake Smith, a healthy, if he, you know, healthy Jake Smith in the slot, or, you know, you get that, that speed in there, are you – you know, if you, you get switched and Josh Moore is coming across your zone, can you – even a good linebacker, it's it's a tough matchup. The Texas inside receivers, and I think Texas running backs, are good enough to be able to make that happen. And I think – say what you want about Herb Hand's recruiting in 2021, which you can say a lot about it. I think he's able to scheme up, especially in the running game, some, some really good mm. – uh, it's really good opportunities for your linemen to get to the second level because I ten times out of ten I take I take a lineman on a linebacker in the running game and I would take ten times out of ten any of Texas running backs one on one against a safety or a cornerback. So I I could see a situation where they scheme it up in such a way where you get Junior Angulao at the second level taking on Merriweather or you right. get. Uh, you know, you get Derek Kerstetter who snaps the ball and then kind of goes at the linebacker, whatever, whatever that alignment looks like. Um, there's a situation where I take where I take Angulao or I take uh, Christian Jones or I take Derek Kerstetter or um, Sam Cosby at the second level over that linebacker, and then you put a Texas running back one on one with the defensive back. I take I take the running back ten times out of ten. That's just how it goes. Yeah, I, I, I like what you said. It made me made me envision our, our poor. Uh, Jordan Hicks um, in in week one of the NFL getting. Uh, I mean, he, he had some things distracting his eyes. Uh, you know, he he was playing his assignment correctly, looking down and just did not see a free uh, offensive lineman just unleashed with hadn't played all you know obviously offseason and actually hadn't played the year before and just wanted to hit somebody so hard and just unloaded three hundred twenty pounds of freewheeling and in just that second of hesitation. I mean, it was. Those cleats are still on the ground. Yeah. The fact that Hicks popped right back up made me respect him even more than his 140 tackles last year. Like, kid's tough. Uh, he had some tough injury things in Texas, as anyone apparently named Jordan does. But, uh, yeah, let's let's get some of those types of blocks. I want to see uh, some Tech shirts flying and just, you know, give – give some of that Texas beef a, a chance to do some things and, and really, um, you know, they were probably on a really explosive offense that was great. The one thing that 
pretty unanimously was talked about that could be better. Uh, let them be angry and come out and show something. You know, I, I, I that would make me the happiest if I saw that right from the right from the jump. Yeah, I think we, we talked about wanting to see more from the offensive line, and I think them being able to do some things at the second level would put my heart at ease. So now's the part of the show where we do some predictions, and, and we'll get to the Podstradamus in, in a little bit. But, Kyle, I want to put you on the spot. We, neither of us are prepared for this. Yeah. But let's, let's, talk, let's talk score predictions first. What do you, what do you think on Saturday when, when it's all when the dust is settled? The line, again, Texas is giving, what, 19 points, I think, at the time of recording to Texas Tech. So what's the, what do you think? What's the final score? I'm not giving you my stone cold lock of the week here, folks. Don't go gamble on on my um, my word, but I'm 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 smashing the over. I don't care if it's you got it at sixteen and a half, you got it at nineteen. I think it's going to be bigger than that. Um, I, I'm going to be fully transparent. I really am trying to be honest and not be a sunshine pumper and not just buy in and drink the Kool Aid. But even before we saw Texas against UTEP, before we knew anything, just you know the research we've done talking to the guests we've had come on talk about their teams i had tech probably as texas's like second most likely victory um after only kansas right i mean th- that's kind of where i'm putting tech in my brain so maybe i'm underestimating and you're right it's in lubbock tech loves to play texas we talked about a lot of things for the past 15 20 minutes about why that may not be but i'm gonna i think this is even conservative for me to say this but i'm gonna say 44 21 texas of course okay so so we're we're thinking we're thinking similarly kyle uh i've i've got it i've got it at 45 21 is, oh, wow. is where i'm at yeah. okay <laughs> uh, that was why it was 45 21 uh and i i honestly this is this will segue into Stradamus, but I think there may be a little garbage time action that's factored into my score. So if you don't know what we do every week during football season, we do our Stradamus predictions. And Kyle is up 2-0 currently based on his UTEP predictions. I'm just going to own that. It's fine. So <laughs> let's just keep it moving, Kyle. What are your Stradamus predictions? You got you to put, put your name next to a prediction for Saturday's matchup against Texas Tech. All right, so I'm going to take my first one, um, and I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball here. I know you uh, you swung big last week, and 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 I appreciate the effort. I feel a little more confident in my pick here this week, um, based on what I saw in Week One. I think that the Texas defense, with all of its athletes in the secondary and some fast linebackers, and a unbelievable step up in caliber of defense for the Longhorns versus what Houston Baptist was able to put on the field. I think the Texas defense will have multiple interceptions. Alan Bowman will throw more than one interception in this game. And I think that's, you know, to me seems like a pretty easy pick because I do think that Texas uh, box is just very difficult to run on. I think they are going to give all kinds of people problems. And, and I don't, you know, Sir Roderick is not a Thomas is not a bad running back like he's not a bad big 12 running back but he's certainly not um the top you know Chuba Hubbard level or whatever and, and I think I don't care what running back you are you're gonna have trouble running against you know there's 700 pounds when they 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 put uh Coburn and, and Sweat in there and so I think that will force and especially again when we talked about Texas offense it will force Tech to, to throw to keep up because they're not going to have a lot of a lot of joy running the ball so they're going to be throwing a lot I think they're going to be throwing a lot putting it all on Bowman's shoulders and that's going to give Texas playmakers a lot of opportunities to get 
at least those two. Um, and, 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 you know, just chances for Bowman to, to have a miss or make a mistake or, or Stearns to, you know, step in front or, or you know, our, our really great cornerbacks. I, I, th- I see Jamison licking his chops for a chance to get in the end zone after he had one called back. So um, I, I do think multiple interceptions for Bowman, and I feel real confident about that. I think that's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that as your one. So my first one, uh, I think a Texas backup quarterback will play more than one series. Hmm. Okay. I think that Sam Ellinger will get to rest a little bit of the fourth quarter. So I think that whether it's Casey Thompson, whether it's a Hudson card, I think that that, that backup quarterback will likely get to play a couple of series to keep Sam Ellinger healthy and off the field. And I think Texas is just going to have that big enough, big of a lead late in the game where, where again, probably Casey Thompson comes out and runs a couple of series to, uh, to keep Sam Ellinger healthy and, and from taking unnecessary hits. All right. So we, we are doing two. I had one for sure. And another one that I'm happy to throw out there and I'll, I'll give yeah. you a little land yap folks. We'll, we'll make it a two for yet again. Um, I think this week, uh, the receiver who I have my eye on, who I think he's number zero in our playbooks, number one in our hearts. I don't know. Maybe, uh, we like him. We love a good, good, old guy transfer uh you know we've seen it trey watson calvin anderson i think mr Tarek black is going to come in number one in our hearts number zero in our playbooks and just throw another zero on that i think he's going triple digits in yards this week i think he's going to be uh, a workhorse guy who can who can work underneath um and really let sam just kind of hit him on some of the middle crossing routes i think he's gonna you know have a chance for some big plays outside as well against that tech secondary and, and bust maybe a big one off and get a good chunk of that all at once um but where josh moore was the star and i'm not saying he won't be again I do feel that uh, Mr. Black is ready to to um, show that he certainly knows zero um, and, and, and do some damage. I like it. I think I think that's a very very fair, uh, very likely thing to happen. So my uh, my final Podstradamus prediction is actually in the same vein, Kyle. I think Texas will have multiple rushing touchdowns. I think probably mm. two rushing touchdowns in the game against Texas Tech. Okay. All right. I like it. So you, 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 anyone could get him. It could be Ellinger. Could be the running back. Could backs, be Ellinger. Could, could be, be uh, trickery, it, you know? Could It could be Sam Cosme. It could uh, yeah. be Sam Cosme it, it, as a technical run. It could be Malcolm Epps. Technically, that was a run on that RPO that he almost had. So, okay. I, 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 absolutely. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Okay. I, I, I think, you know, Texas wants to get back to establishing the run. And so a part of that is, you know, let's make sure we're efficient, hyper-efficient. I think they were uh, – Houston Baptist one for three in the red zone or they would have beat Tech. And I think Texas has yeah. prided themselves on – I think last year they were the second most efficient as far as touchdown percentage, not just scoring percentage, but touchdown percentage when in the red zone, um, which is a really cool stat, right? And I think a part of that is establishing the run game. So I think that's a really good pick. Absolutely. So this is outside of Pod Thomas, but I wanted to uh, – Ben Blacklock on Twitter asked us um, about Sam Ellinger's performance. He put the over-under on 500 yards from the quarterback. He put the, put the line at five because, I mean, Houston Baptist quarterback managed a pretty penny. Managed again, what five hundred and seventy-two yards? I believe was the number. So yeah, he had five sixty-seven. They did have a guy throw for five yards, so only five sixty-seven. Ah, okay, so <laughs> five hundred plus, almost six hundred yards. 
passing. So do we think Sam Ellinger gets close? To that? So do you think Sam goes over or under 500? You want me to take this one first? I'm happy to do it. I'm gonna take throw. It. I'm gonna throw myself some wiggle room here. Is he talking? Do we think? I didn't. I didn't read this question. I'm gonna be completely honest. Is it purely passing yards, or Sam has 500 through yards air. through the air? Through the air. I think. I think under. I think he does not get 500 yards through the air. I think he has every capability too. But like I said, I think they're gonna try to establish the run game. I could also see. I mean, Sam had the lowest rushing yards in his career uh, in that UTEP game. I mean, I think there's going to be a good chance he has more than six yards rushing. So that's where I was. If it was the other way, maybe I could see him being close to 500 total. Um, but I think, you know, if it's garbage time and he gets out or if it's that they get the running game going or that he, you know, breaks off a couple runs because they're dropping back eight um, because they saw what he, you know, did in, in week one. Um, I think there's there's probably a, a, a ratio where he has a few more rushing yards and a few less passing yards. Um, if the bar was at 400, I may feel differently. I could see Sam getting 400 uh, for the second consecutive game because I, I just think he's locked in and it's a perfect defense to do it again. But I don't think 500. Yeah, I think Sam tops out somewhere between four and 450 in this game, which is still a mess ton of yards. And I think sure. it would be the only time in his career that he went back to back over 400 because uh, I think that 400 was like the third time in his career. But whatever. So, I, like, 500 is just ridiculous. And, I, yes. and the reason – I think the reason why HBU went that heavy is just because they couldn't get anything going on the ground. And so they're like, the pass is working, and we have a shot at this thing, so let's just keep spamming it. It's that, it's that play you pick in NCAA where it's like the computer doesn't know what to do with this. So I'm going to run Roy Williams on, a, on, a, on, a, uh, on an underneath route in, in NCAA 2004 and just let him continue to cook. Am I correct that I think Texas has never had a 500-yard passer in its history? I think Major Applewhite holds the single-game passing yard record um, with 473. Now, that I think that wasn't a bowl game, so maybe that's the bowl record. But I think that was also the single-game um, record, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Again, that would be a, that would be a first for Texas and, and- – um, that would give Sam Ellinger a significantly more legitimate shot at taking down Colt McCoy's single season record. Cause you basically hang a thousand in two games. You, you can, you can average out a little more, uh, and still have a shot at, at Colt. Gerald, I will give you 10 posture Thomas points and a hundred dollars. If you can name the only person in the Texas single game top to, I, I, I I couldn't. There's no chance I would have gotten this, so it's a tough trivia. But who is in the top 10 single-game passing yards? Who is not Major Applewhite, Colt McCoy, Sam Ellinger, or Chris Sims? I can give you hints because even with hints, I don't think you'll get this. I wouldn't. Give give me a hint. It was against Texas Tech. Um, It is the ninth out of 10 at 397 yards. It happened in the 80s. Oh, um... It is Brett Stafford, who, if you don't remember that name, that's okay, folks. Um, uh, you know, he was he was uh, he was a, a very good high school football player. He played pretty well at UT for a couple years while he was here. He was the backup to Todd Dodge originally. That might be the name you remember more, but that was just kind of the down years uh, of UT by the time he was he was starting. Um, so yeah. Brett Stafford, a name that I I, I have heard maybe twice in my life um, before that, just because I'm I'm exposing my age. Sorry for our listeners who were uh, you know at, at campus, and that was 1986. But uh, again, out of those top ten, only seven of them even above 
400. Stafford, Ellinger, and McCoy all at 399, 97, and 96 rounding out the top 10. Incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. So so we'll be with you on Saturday following the game. We'll uh, live stream. You can find us on our Longhorn Republic Facebook page where you can partake in our post-game live stream, ask us questions, we'll discuss, we'll break it down, we'll preview what we're going to talk about in our uh, recap show on Tuesday. All right, Gerald, so let's wrap it up and finish it out. We don't have Burn Jordan lenses. We did that uh, in the Tuesday show, but we do still have the Godzillatron again. We're, we're away, so still another week for Chris Del Contre to come up with that branding, maybe the Fuddruckers uh, giant screen. I don't know, but for now, we will call it the segment formerly known as Godzillatron, and we'll ask, Gerald, what are you watching on your oversized screen? My wife let it slip that she had never seen Airplane. Uh, Airplane's on Netflix, so we had to remedy that right quick. That was actually my birthday was last week. Uh, that was my birthday date night pick. <laughs> we made we made ridiculously big ribeyes, and after the kids went to bed, we watched Airplane. And That's amazing. It was, it was a great time, and Airplane is one of the all-time, prob- I would put top 10, top five comedies maybe, uh, just real, real good. The hits, the hits are so rapid fire and, like, dry and tongue-in-cheek, like, it's it's prime like Leslie Nielsen comedy. He's he's one of the one of the chiefs, and I think maybe one of the writers on it as well. But like that style of comedy slays me to this day. Like like Naked Gun or like the Police Files, the TV show that Naked Gun uh, kind of swims around as well. Just incredible stuff. So uh, watch Airplane, and then I dove back in on King of the Hill. I'm like doing a like every every couple of months. I'll I'll just watch a bunch of King of the Hill uh, to work my way through the the series because it's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Uh, And I didn't realize how hilarious that show was until I moved out of a small town in Texas. Fair enough. I, the airplane one was a shock to me. I'm still stuck on that, Gerald. That's uh, I, that introduced so many things that I feel like kids today, maybe even quotes they say that they don't understand where they come from. They don't even realize it because they just became um, things that also introduced Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as uh, uh, hilarious and not just a basketball player. Um, so yeah, great, great pick. Nice, nice uh, poll there. Um, I, I have nothing uh, brand new, but I do have some updates. So um, Gerald, I'm all the way. I think I'm, I'm good three quarters of the way through the fourth season of new girl. I have an update for you and for everyone, um, that my new favorite character was Schmidt for a long time. I'm all the way team Winston. He slays me. It feels like it took about two seasons for them to like really figure out like his like silly brand of weird, but like not just weird for the sake of it, but just like hilariously offbeat. Like he, he, he's, you know, he's on that whatever, like, if everyone's right here, he's on that one beat off, and it's just, he just kills me. Like, I just feel like most of my laugh out loud moments uh, lately have been something uh, that he was doing. Um, so, yeah, the, the the new MVP there. And then um, the next update, I've, I've been watching uh, the, the Apple TV, as I mentioned, show Ted Lasso. They came out with a few new episodes since I last reported. I think there's 10 in the season, and I think eight have been released. Nine comes out this Friday, and 10 will come out next Friday. They're now releasing them on Fridays. Um, it's really, really good. Again, folks, I implore you, take the, if you want, maybe wait uh, a week, and then take the the Apple one-week free trial if you need, if you, if you don't have it, uh, or find someone who has it or whatever. But uh, it's a really good show. It's Bill Lawrence, of course. You know it's going to be good. It's got really good heartfelt stuff. Uh, and it's just like a lot of just like good chuckle laughter. Again, I love soccer, so maybe I'm biased. Um, but I do feel like it's just really um, 
like heartfelt, like nothing too deep, too crazy, but just like good natured, like and good laughs. Like it's it's a great show. I've told you this this weird problem we're having where the the baby is still waking up too frequently to be moved to his own room yet. <laughs> and so the Apple TV is in our bedroom, so we just can't watch TV right. in there. But as soon as that little dude is in his own room, I will be plowing through some Ted Lasso because I love, love, love me some uh, Jason Sudeikis and, and Bill Lawrence. I love both of them. I think they're both uh, one. Of, I think I mean Bill Lawrence is probably one of the best comedy showrunners of our lifetime, question mark. And I think Jason Sudeikis is... Like, underrated funny. Like, that dude is stinking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find us on the internet? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. You can catch me on not just this podcast this week, but you can also catch me on Two other podcasts, uh, Two Woke Nerds, we're doing our episode this week. We've got a new Marvel trailer. We've got a Dune trailer we still need to talk about quite a bit. And then I also, if you're interested in what I do for my day job, I was also on a uh, management podcast called The Spillover Effect. It's actually a really cool uh, little podcast where I talk about workplace coaching, workplace culture, and all that. So you can check both of those things out. Uh, they are wherever you find podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Hook them. Guns up. Scores down. <laughs>